At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome back to the podcast or welcome if this is your first time listening. This is the Brown Vegan Podcast, episode 180. I think I said 180 a few episodes ago. I don't know why I did that. (laughs) But this is officially episode 180. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to talk about overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship topics because this is truly a lifestyle. So I love to bring all of those topics on the show. I hope you're having a great, amazing day. Come hang out with me on Instagram or YouTube or both. I'm Brown Vegan on both of those platforms. So yes, I hope your day is going well. I'm back with another conversation for you. I have Destiny back on the show. So she was originally on episode 121. And on that episode, we talked about her vegan journey, her life story. We talked about food deserts, really good conversation. So make sure you go back and get that origin story about Destiny's journey. Today, though, we are going to talk about tiny house living because I know that that is like such a hot topic. It's feel like it's been one for a while now. And so in this episode, Destiny's going to talk about her experience with not only purchasing a tiny home, but getting it ready to actually make it livable for her and her wife, Brianna. We talk about why she decided to go with the tiny home option opposed to living in a van. She not only tells us like the process as far as moving her tiny house and finding someone to actually buy it from, but she also goes behind the scenes with the numbers. I know that's so important as far as how much of a financial investment this is when you decide to not only purchase a tiny home, but like transport it, get it ready as far as like, you know, decorating, not really decorating, but just making sure that you have the the right floor plan. And also the mindset as far as decluttering to be able to live in a tiny house. A lot of us are living in places with, you know, more than one or two bedrooms. So being able to get your belongings down to just a small amount, we talk about everything she did to, like I said, get her mindset right for that. One of the important things, too, about this new lifestyle for her and Brianna that I think that was so important to find out is what will her goals be once they no longer have a mortgage to pay? So, yeah, this was a really, really good conversation as always. Also, make sure that you go over to the Tiny House Expedition YouTube channel because Destiny did a house tour on there. So you guys can be able to see all of the amazing storage she has, the loft. So they have like a workspace, a living space. They have a bedroom, of course. Really, really, really spacious, especially for a tiny house. It has like the perfect layout. So make sure you go check that out. I'll make sure that I'll link it on the show notes and the blog post for this episode for you as well. Before we get into the conversation, I want to shout out this week's five-star Apple podcast review. So the title is Love This Podcast. I've been listening to the Brown Vegan Podcast for a few years since I was vegan curious, and it's always been my favorite vegan podcast. I love the variety of content and guests and how it centers around us. Even in 2022, that's still needed. And yes, please continue the money series. 
I, for one, didn't pass the money class the first time around. We need it. Thank you so much, Capricia D, for leaving this five-star review on Apple Podcasts. If you are enjoying this show, make sure that you go over to Apple Podcasts, search Brown Vegan, scroll down, tap five stars and leave a review and let me know what topics you are enjoying. Also, a lot of you guys want to do more of the money series and I just don't even know how y'all want me to do this, right? I know y'all like when I talk about my stuff, but I really don't have anything to talk about at this moment because I've been trying to, first of all, get my money, increase my money so that I can continue to invest back into my business. I really been kind of struggling with that. Maybe I'll do an episode on that as far as like what my money has been looking like over the last couple of months. It hasn't been as good as I would like it to be, but I know that it's worth it as far as where I want to go in my my life and my business. So maybe next month I'll do a solo episode on that if you guys want it. But other than that, do you want me to have more interviews? Like, let me know, leave a review, leave me a DM, but I prefer the review because it really does help grow the show. It's a free way to support the show. So definitely make sure you go ahead and do that and just let me know what topics you guys are enjoying. So yes, I am pretty much done with this intro. As always, the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 180. So thank you guys so much for always supporting the show. Make sure that you go follow Destiny. Her Instagram for her tiny house is let's go tiny. So it's L-E-Z-G-O underscore tiny on Instagram. And also her food page is Eat Yo Destiny. I'll make sure I link everything for you in the show notes as well. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. How have you been doing as far as just life? Not necessarily with tiny house living, but just how are you feeling like mentally these days? Yeah, I'm feeling good. You know, I think every, so I've moved three times, like three big times already. And every time we move somewhere new, I just feel like it's it's a new, it's a new place. It's a new, you know, I guess to meet new people, join new communities, eat new food. So I just feel good. You know, I feel like refreshed and ready to experience the next season, which hopefully is summer. <laughs> the weather out here has yeah. been wild, but <laughs> you know, I feel I'm feeling good and refreshed and just ready to get out here and just explore the new city that I'm living in, you know? Yes. Yeah. And then you've gotten married since the last time we spoke yes. too, which is amazing. <laughs> Tell us about that. Like, what did, what did you guys do? Yeah. Your ceremony? So, How did you do everything? Very stereotypical Vegas wedding. Like we literally woke up and we're like, let's just go to the courthouse. And like three days later, we just went to like a little chapel in Vegas. It was funny. Like, honestly, I just laughed throughout the whole thing. It was like maybe 10 minutes long. And yeah, I mean, we made it official at like a little temple thing in Vegas. And then we just hung out on the strip. And yeah, it was fun. Like it was it was really cool. We had our little, you know, stashes on that said just married. So people were just like congratulating us. And yeah, it was a fun time. It, you know, we wanted to keep it low budget because we had uh, bigger plans <laughs> to buy like a home and stuff so we just kept it very low-key and and relaxed but I feel like even if you didn't have bigger plans to get the the tiny home that you would have kept it like that yeah. there's something about you that's like that's your vibe yeah <laughs> I'm like you know what I'm not I mean no shade to anybody who spends money and stuff on weddings but like that's just not really me and Bree's cup of tea like we'd rather just you know travel and explore new places and spend our money that way, you know? So doing a big wedding was never really a discussion that we had. We just were kind of on the same page. Like, yeah, no, we're just going to like 
pen and paper and call it a day. I feel like we've been married for years already. So I really don't feel Maybe like it's together. together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then and then plus you've been through a lot because you've had these big moves together. Mm-hmm. So it's like a it added some years onto your marriage. Yeah. <laughs> For so sure. I think that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, oh my gosh. Last time you were on the show, of course, we talked about veganism and just all of the good things, right? And I feel like tiny living is a part of, because it's sustainable living, right? Yeah. So it is a part of a vegan lifestyle. What made you guys decide to go from your beautiful area apartment in Vegas yeah. to actually getting a tiny home in Portland? Yeah, so we actually were looking into doing van life before doing the whole tiny movement. And so we started looking at like, you know, converted vans and stuff. And we're very shocked that like, not only the pricing, but just like the day-to-day living and what that would really look like in a van. And we both kind of decided that, you know, though it would be really cool to travel like more often and be able to live in different places, just, you know, our lifestyle was not going to fit in a van. Like we both work remotely, but we both still had like daily meetings and things that we couldn't really do in like a very, very tight space. So van life was kind of out of the question, you know, once we kind of sat down and just were realistic about our life. And then we started looking into purchasing like an RV because there are some really nice, like huge luxury RVs that are like pretty Mm -hmm. affordable. And so we started looking into that, but that didn't work out because we both already have vehicles. So having to, you know, deal with two vehicles plus an RV, it was just the maintenance and, and, you know, we would probably have to get, get rid of one of our vehicles. Like we just didn't want to go through that. So then we stumbled upon tiny houses and it's always been like something that we knew about, but it just felt like, kind of out of reach you know we're like nah we can't do that we don't see anybody who does that you know it's just not a thing but yeah we started to take it a little bit more serious and we're just like you know what the lifestyle that we want to live we want to be able to travel and live in different cities and not necessarily have to pack up our you know cars and sell everything every time we want to move so we're like let's buy a tiny house so that when we do move we just move everything in the house and call it a day you know so that's how we just kind of decided on tiny houses versus a van life or RV. Yeah. So, okay. I fell in love with tiny houses. I would say about 2014, 2015. I used to read so many blogs about putting it together. Of course I had a family, so I didn't see how I would ever do it, but I was just obsessed with just looking at layouts and figuring out how people were making this come together. Mm -hmm. And then it became a time where it was just a huge thing on YouTube where people would show it. Mm -hmm. But I always got this impression that it wasn't what it was all cracked up to be. Like people were kind of glamorizing it. So when you, on your new Instagram page, when you mentioned that, I was like, okay, good. It wasn't just me (laughs) thinking that people, because this is just a trend and people are hopping on it. And don't get me wrong. I know that people are enjoying it, Mm -hmm. but I just had a feeling that there was just definitely some some cons to doing it. (laughs) So we are definitely going to get into that. Mm -hmm. But what other benefits before we do, did you see in money to do this? Was it like a good financial, you felt like decision as far as long-term? Like what made you do that opposed to buying a single family home or a condo? Yeah, so I think, you know, when I first moved to Vegas, I was like, oh, like I kind of like it here. Like I kind of want to buy a house here. And then I thought about it and I was like, do we really want to stay in Vegas? Like, do we really want to start a family here? And we both kind of agreed that no, we didn't want to stay there and we didn't want to move back to Texas. And we really didn't know where we wanted to end up. 
up, you know? So getting a tiny house on wheels, because there are tiny houses that are more like stagnant that you can just like, you can't move, you know? So we decided to get a tiny house on wheels because the main reason was because we wanted to travel, right? So we wanted to be able to live in a city for two years and then pick up and move to, I don't know, across the country in the next two years kind of thing. So that was the biggest thing. And then the second thing was the finances. So I mean, especially right now, I feel like we honestly did it at the best time. I wish we would have done it sooner, but especially now because the rent is going up like crazy. The place where we were at before, the rent was going up like hundreds of dollars and nothing was changing in the the apartment. It's not like they were like, you know, upgrading anything. And that's just a trend now. Like things are going up because of inflation. And yeah, it's just been, it's, it's going to be a good investment for us in the long run. Like right now it's, it's definitely pricey and we're paying more than we were paying when we were renting, but in the long run, we'll own something and we'll own something that we'll be able to live anywhere, you know? So financially, I think it just made better sense for us to, to pick tiny houses. Yeah. So is it structured like that? So I didn't realize until you just said it, that there were ones with wheels on them. I just kind of thought that it was one of those things that was stationary. So is there a huge difference in costs getting one with the wheels and getting the ones that are more stationary? Yeah. So they're, they're both different. The ones on wheels are more, obviously like we can, you know, it can go on the highway. So we actually bought ours that was in California and then we just drove it up to to Portland. We had a mover do that, but you can also buy some, I think it's called ADU units. Like I'll, I'll have to look into that, but it's more like, it's just a house, but it's smaller, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's not on a trailer. I mean, they still can, are those tiny houses. So yeah, there was, we definitely wanted one that we would be able to, you know, move across the country or across state lines and stuff. So that's why we decided to just get the one that was on the trailer. Yeah. So when you guys, oh my goodness, what did it look like as far as putting it together, as far as your research? Because like I said, I used to like to watch the YouTube videos on it. I would be looking at blogs. I would be on Pinterest because I was just obsessed with the layouts and how people store things and Mm -hmm. all of that. So what did that process look like as far as determining who would build your tiny home? Yes. You know, I think that was the most, the thing that we were like most excited for was like customizing the house because that's what you hear about. Like when you're on YouTube, you see all, you know, you find all the inspiration and you're like, I want my staircase to to have storage under and I want my bed to come out of the wall and things like that. And that's what we were really like focusing on. And then we realized that, you know, finding a builder is very, very difficult because I mean, there's so many of them out there. You can get, you can go through a company where they can help with finances. So they can do like loans through the builders. You can go through people who just kind of build tiny houses on the side and they're just like certified I don't know, home builders, you can go to uh, communities that already have houses that are built and you can purchase them. So there's like a bunch of different ways that you can look into finding builders. So what we ended up doing, we called, honestly, if there's a tiny house builder out there that we have not called, I would be shocked because (laughs) we spent hours and hours just talking to so many different builders. A lot of the popular ones that we would hear like YouTubers or like Instagram influencers talk about. And a lot of those just the price for the size, it was just ridiculous. Like they would have a 20 foot house and it would be almost a hundred thousand dollars. And me and Bri already had in our head that we wanted to get something that was between like 26 to 30 feet just to have more space because obviously it's two of us. We have a dog. I have family that might want to visit, you know, so we wanted something a little bit larger. And so finding a builder that could fit in that budget was like really hard. 
we ended up stumbling upon uh, an Instagram page. I mean, there's so many tiny house Instagram pages out there, but there was a page that we kept seeing uh, being featured. And we were like, hey, like we really like their designs. It was owned by like a woman of color. So I was like, yeah, definitely want to support. So we had a conversation with them. And it turns out that the layout that we wanted, they would totally be down to create and customize like from the ground up. But the timeline wasn't fitting our, our our timeline. So we actually had an apartment in Vegas that the lease was up in April and they wouldn't be able to get the house done before then. So it just didn't work out that way. But it turns out that they had built a house in 2020 during like the beginning of the pandemic. And it was the exact layout that we wanted. And the person that they sold it to actually was only trying to live, it, live in it temporarily. And so they got like a larger house. He had money, but that's another... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that man had a lot of money. So we ended up buying it off of him. So we were still working with the builders. Obviously, the house was already built. Somebody was already living in it. And so we just kind of like bought it off of him at this kind of rate. So yeah, that's what we we ended up doing. It just turns out that like exactly the layout that we wanted was what they had already built. And honestly, like that's the universe because it was really hard to find a, find a builder in our budget. Wow. Yeah. Because it does look like it would be kind of pricey. I mean, yours looks like it's really, really nice. Like I love all the wood. I love the white walls. It just looks great. And plus, I feel like you and Brie would have needed more space because you both work from home a lot. So it's just like you you couldn't get away with having that little, the the smallest floor plan. Mm -mm. Yeah. So you got to tell us though, like what is it as far as the financial part of it? Do people need to consider outside of just building your tiny home? I'm sure there's other expenses that you didn't expect to come up. Oh, yes. No, for sure. So the first thing is that when you're like looking for a tiny house, obviously finding a builder, a lot of times they have you put like a down payment down before you even get to like building the house. So that's one thing you definitely want to take into consideration. And a lot of times that down payment is like a huge down payment. Like it's sometimes like half of the house. So if you're in a position to pay it up front, that's awesome. But if not, you definitely want to like look into loans. So that was like another thing we had to teach ourselves and, you know, learn about how to apply for different loans for tiny houses versus like personal loans or like RV loans. And then also like the moving costs. So the bigger the house is, obviously, the more it's going to cost to move it. And so since we have a 30-foot home, you know, the price for a 20-foot home to be moved from one state to another is it's completely different. So I think the biggest cost that we were kind of like, oh, dang, <laughs> like we didn't realize that was going to be a thing was the moving cost. And yeah, usually, you know, before the gas was at these like crazy prices, they would charge like 2 to $5.00 per mile. And so if, you know, if you're trying to move from Florida to California, that's going to be probably like over 10 grand just to move your house. So that was something that we had to consider. And then, you know, there's other things like the house is sitting on a trailer and you want to get the trailer insured. So you have to pay to register the trailer and you have to pay for the insurance. You have to pay for, if you have land to park your tiny house on, that's cool. You don't really have to pay for like rent land, but a lot of people who are in tiny houses rent land. So you have to consider the fact that not only are you going to be paying off the house every month or the loan every month, but you also have to pay off, you know, wherever you're renting the land from. So 
yeah, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just like, oh, we like this house, we designed it, and now we're just like paying it off. Like there's so many other, you know, and also to hook up the house because essentially it's like an RV. So you have to hook up like the sewage and the electricity and the water and things like that. So that's another, you know, couple thousand dollars that you have to. Yeah, yeah. So as far as when you say the parking part, you wouldn't be able, did you run into any issues in that? Because when you said that in my mind, I'm like, okay, you wouldn't be able to be in a residential area. You wouldn't be able to be in a, like a normal subdivision. You, how, how do you determine if you don't have, you know, a couple of acres or a plot of land, where do you go to even find where you're going to park your tiny home? Yeah. Yeah. So that was another thing that took us like, I mean, weeks and, and months, honestly, to find. So there's tiny house communities that are like super cool where like everybody has a tiny house and, you know, you can just park kind of like in a, a big community. And a lot of times those are like super packed. You get on like a two year waiting list. Sometimes your house has to be certified in a certain certification. So like RVIA certified is a certification that you can get on your house where you can park in tiny house communities, but also in RV parks. So that's honestly one of the best certifications that you can get on your house because you can go anywhere. Like if I wanted to go to any RV park in the US, I can probably park my tiny house there as well. But there's also like, you know, there's other certifications that you might need and all of those (laughs) cost money. But when it comes to finding parking, we actually found our parking spot on Facebook Marketplace because, oh wow, yeah, we were looking and, you know, we posted a picture of our house. We said, this is how long our house is, how wide it is. You know, we need hookups to Wi-Fi and electricity and sewage and all that. And we just like kind of put a poster out there and we saw somebody in the Portland area. So we're actually in a residential area. We're parked on somebody's land, actually in their side lot. So yeah, we, we found that and we just, we pay them monthly and we just kind of, you know, we, we use their water, we use their electricity and their Wi-Fi as well. So yeah, we're like smack dead in the middle of a community. Like we can see inside our neighbor's house. <laughs> so Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I didn't even think, I knew that you had like neighbors beside you. Cause I could tell by when you guys moved in, but I didn't realize that it was just <laughs> right on somebody else's property yeah. like that or somebody else's land like that. That's awesome. There's a lot of places yeah. like, so Portland is very tiny house friendly and like Florida, California, Texas, I know Colorado is really friendly, but there are a lot of states that actually do not allow tiny houses. And we just learned that here in Portland, they just made like passed the law where people can have tiny houses on their property. And I think that happened in August. So it's still relatively new. Uh-huh. People have done it in the past, but you know, if a neighbor calls on you, you can, you, you would have to leave kind of thing. So a lot of places it's actually illegal to have tiny houses like on your property. You have to have like all of these, you know, like certifications. Yeah. Yeah. Permit. Wow. Okay. So when it, when you say hooking up using their electricity, their Wi-Fi, their water, what does that mean? What does that look like? Yeah. So I don't know if, if you've ever been to like camping or like an RV park where they kind of have like the little box that you can park next to and you literally just yes. like plug. So it's just like that. Like we, yeah, like we have like a little outlet thing in the back of our house that plugs into their little box. We just got like a hose to go from their water source to our house. And then we had to get somebody to like hook up the sewer situation because I was not trying to, <laughs> not trying to deal with that. Right. And then just recently we weren't going to share Wi-Fi with them just because, you know, privacy and and, and passwords and stuff like that. But we actually did like a mesh system where we have our own bill when it comes to like the Wi-Fi and then we kind of share like a company, but a different network. So yeah, it's it's been awesome. And honestly, like it's 
by the time we pay off the house, I wouldn't even mind renting spaces like this because they can go from like $400 a month to like $700. And when you're living with two mm-hmm. people, like splitting that is, is nothing, you know, compared to, you know, the $3,000, $4,000 that we're having to pay to like rent an apartment. Yeah, it's, it's just definitely worth it parking on somebody's property, you know? Yeah, definitely. We got to talk about like the mindset that went into going from having all of this space in your apartment, which I'm sure now feels really massive to you because you're in your tiny home. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, all this space to like, what did you, what did you guys start with as far as the decluttering? I know of, co- of course the big furniture had to go, mm-hmm. but were there other things that you didn't expect to get rid of when you were working through this? Oh my God. Like the whole house, honestly. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so I, so I grew up in tiny spaces. I mean, I'm from the Bronx. So our apartments were like tiny. We had, you know, me, my mother, my grandmother, like I, one time I had like our my girlfriend living with me. So it was, you know, I'm used to like living in small spaces, but ever since I moved out of New York, you know, when you move to the South, things get bigger and I was getting okay. like, <laughs> that's what I said. you went to Dallas and yes. that was huge. Cause I remember when you first moved there. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I had these like very large kitchens and then yeah, me and Brie, our first apartment together was like 740 square feet. Then we moved up to a thousand square feet. And then in Vegas, we had a two bedroom, which was like the biggest we've ever had. And then we went down to the tiny house. So going from the two bedrooms to the tiny house was like, what the hell? <laughs> okay, what's the square footage of the tiny house? Uh, so in total with the lofts, it's 400 square feet. If we wow. take the loft, loft, it's 200. So, okay. Yeah. So 200 without the loft. Okay, mm-hmm. gotcha. So yeah, moving from the two bedroom to the tiny house, you know, initially when we first got there, we put all the boxes in. It, I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. Like, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way we're going to fit all this stuff in this house like we couldn't even walk in the house we were like stepping on boxes but then by the time we put everything in like drawers because our kitchen area I think has like 37 drawers so it's you know the way they build them is very it's it feels spacious because there's drawers and cabinets and things that hang from the ceiling that are storage and you know like there's so many different ways to put your stuff away and so once we like packed everything and organized everything in the house like it just feels like we're in the studio apartment now like if anything it's funny because sometimes we talk to each other and we're like what what'd you say and i'm like how <laughs> how, can you how is that possible <laughs> right i'm like how can you not hear me right now <laughs> the loft was a good idea the loft i think that was a great idea yeah so yeah we have like a loft where we sleep and then we have a loft where we work where we can actually like stand up we have like stand up desks in there so that's cool and then we have like a living room space slash like guest bedroom so you know that we made it work Not guest bedroom yeah. no, wait wait, wait <laughs> a minute <laughs> now i know your grandmother is in town yeah. visiting but not a <laughs> not a guest <laughs> we call it a little guest bedroom because you know it's a living room but we have like like a sofa bed so it opens into like a full-size bed obviously we can only have one guest at a time i mean if two people want to sleep on a full-time you could do a full-size bed you could definitely do that but yeah we we have like a sofa bed so she's staying down there we're staying in the loft on the other side and you know feels like a mansion <laughs> Oh, I love that. I love this mindset. Okay. So how let's talk about the storage inside of Yasani home. I know you, of course you have your kitchen storage, but is there it's like little closets? Right. Like how does that look? Yeah. Yeah. So in our bedroom loft, we have, you know, those like cubby situations that you can get from like IKEA and you put the little boxes in. So we have like a cubby and I think it has like 
maybe 10 different slots. And honestly, like half of those are empty. Like we don't even know what to put in them. So I'm like, okay, that's good. We have extra space if we need to store anything. So we have, you know, our sheets up there. We have kind of like our sentimental value things. Like we have our books and, you know, I have like things from my childhood up there kind of stuff. And then downstairs in the kitchen, like I said, we have like 30 something drawers and cabinets and stuff. So we have all of our kitchen things in there. We have storage under under the staircase is actually the steps open up. So we have like our shoes in one of those cabinets. We have like the toolbox and just, I mean, my juicers in there. Like there's so many things in different cabinets. And then in our bathroom, we actually have a six foot long closet, which is very rare. Yeah, it's very rare in tiny houses because usually people don't have enough space to have a closet. But yeah, we have a closet that has like two sliding doors. So Brianna has her side. And then, you know, each side I think has like six drawers and then hanging space. So we have more than enough space. Honestly, we're still in the process of like decluttering stuff. Like there's things that we're like, okay, we've been here for a month now. We're not using this. Like, let's just donate it, you know? So yeah. It just makes you realize that is there so much you really don't need. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. It really does. Because you're kind of forced to do that. And then you realize, hmm, I haven't used, like you said, I haven't used this. Yeah. Let me go ahead and move on from it. We got to talk about cooking <laughs> in your tiny home. Because, girl, when I be saying you put these meals together and I know you don't have a stove, I just be like, <laughs> how, has, how has that adjustment been now at this point? Because it's been, you know, like you said, a month. Mm-hmm. And you love to cook. You yeah. love to do your grocery hauls. Do you, okay, what does your refrigerator look like? Is it, is it like a college dorm type of refrigerator? No. What is that? No, no, no. We have like a full-size refrigerator. It's, yeah, it's like an apartment-size refrigerator. So, oh, okay. we fit, yeah, we fit quite a lot of things in there. Yeah, I mean, during, I don't know if you saw my stories, but during the actual move, the refrigerator fell over and like got a huge... <laughs> huge dents in it. So that was a learning experience. Now we know like when we move it again, we have to like really strap everything down and make sure that like none of the furniture moves. But yeah, yeah. We, we have a big refrigerator and it's all over during the move. So that was not fun. But yeah, so the kitchen situation, at first I was like, girl, I'm not going to buy this house if it does not have a stove. Like I do cooking right. demos for work. Like I can't do this. And then It really got to the point where we were like, you know what, like this is the best option that we could find in our timeline and our budget. And so we're just going to have to make it work. And eventually we were planning on just doing, you know, like installing like an induction stovetop. And that's still a thought. But honestly, like I've been cooking on the portable stovetops and it's it's honestly, I feel like it's better because it makes me more like organized when I'm cooking. I'm not like making a huge mess like I was before because I had so much counter space, you know? Yeah. Now I'm kind of like, I really enforce like clean as I go. I'm forced to like really plan out my meals. I'm like, okay, so I have two, you know, eyes to cook on. So if I'm making pasta, like I need to know I need to cook the pasta first and then I need to use the same eye to cook, you know? So I had to learn how to like, I guess, multitask while cooking. But honestly, I like it. The cleanup is just so much easier, I feel like. So it's been working for us. And we use a Ninja Foodie, which has like an air fryer in it. We can bake things. I made a lasagna in there last week. We bake cookies. We make cakes in there. So yeah, I'm like, do we even need a stove? Do we even need an oven? No, it doesn't sound like it. No, you're good. You're good. I love it. money and not have to install that because we're doing well, you know, without it. So... Right. You don't. Oh, man. I didn't realize that you um had all of that going on. Lasagna? Oh, you're good. You can make that. You can make, it, you can make anything. Right. 
<laughs> so listen, we talked about all of the pros in the beginning. Let's talk about some of the cons that you did not expect to happen when you purchased your tiny home. Just things you didn't really think about. Yeah. So I think the biggest con, and I just kind of spoke about this just now, is is the move. The move was the most stressful thing, honestly, I've ever been through in my life. And though we weren't wow. the ones actually moving the house, I still was so stressed because just thinking about the fact that my whole entire house is just on a highway where anybody could just be driving up and down, you know, like that, like my anxiety was on a thousand during the moving period. But I think because, you know, when they were trying to get our tiny house out of the space where it was initially located, we blew out two tires within (laughs) within the first like two minutes of them moving the house. So that was already, you know, I don't know, I think it cost like $600 to like replace those tires. So Mm. that was unexpected. And then the man was moving it from California to Oregon and was supposed to get there within two days, but it actually took like, I think three days for it to get there. So, you know, me and- So you were worried on that third day, like, okay. I'm like, (laughs) where is the house? Like, is he just not telling us something? Like, what? I need a picture update. Like, what is happening? I know. Are you really where you said you are? (laughs) (laughs) There was like no track in the back. Like, I really had no idea like where our house was. So, you know, because me and Brie were living in another state, she and I actually drove to California to meet the guy, to watch him, like, you know, first of all, to pay the man that we're buying the house from. So sign that check, which hurt my heart. (laughs) And, uh, And also, you know, watch the man take it out and drive it away. And then we had to drive back to Vegas. And then from Vegas, we had to fly to Portland to meet the house so that we can, you know, help him move it into the place where it was supposed to be and hook it up. And so that whole like traveling process was, was expensive, you know, because we had to buy the flights and rent a car and get an Airbnb and hotels because it turns out that, you know, the house arrives late and then we couldn't hook it up because we couldn't figure out how to hook up the sewage and we couldn't, we had the wrong piece to hook up the electricity. So there's a lot of things that you just cannot plan for. Like, there, you know, there were things that we just didn't even know how to do. Like we had no experience with hooking up water and hooking up electricity and things like that. So we had to hire out and like ask questions and we're on, you know, phone calls for hours and stuff. So uh, the, the process of just doing the research was honestly <laughs> the most annoying part. And I think that's like the biggest con. But now I'm so like educated in tiny houses. That I'm just like, you know what, girl, like you spent the time doing all that research. And now you, not that you, I don't know everything, you know, but I know quite a lot. Like this time last year, I didn't even know barely what a tiny house was, you know? So I've learned so much during, during the experience, but I will say it's very time consuming to just get everything together because between finding a builder, finding a mover, finding a place to park it, all of those things have to kind of happen like at the same time, because you can't, the builder wants to know like, where are you parking it? But you don't know where you're parking it because the people that you're trying to park it, you know, at, they want to know what the house looks like. So it's, there's a lot of going back and forth and just having to work through everything at the same time. So that was, I think, one of the, one of the biggest cons, you know, just going into this kind of blindsided. Like we just didn't know anything. Right. And that goes back to what I was saying about how I feel like YouTube can kind of like glamour, make this so glamorous and you were like, no, <laughs> not quite. No, you know, I thought that we were going to be, you know, we thought that we were just going to move in. We we're going to film our little welcome to our tiny house tour. And we haven't even gotten to that because we're still focusing on like so many other things. And we've been in the house for like a month already, you know, and I'm just like on YouTube, you really don't 
see the the struggles and you know the little everyday things that you have to that go into buying and moving a tiny house so yeah mm-hmm. yeah all right so let's get into the numbers because i know that you're very comfortable sharing that Just tell us as far as how much it costs for you to purchase your tiny home what financing did you do because in my mind when you said rv i was like yeah it would be rv financing or maybe mobile home financing. I wasn't sure how that would go. And then I also want to know like the moving, just the total cost of everything. If you have all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I know a lot of people are going to be like, what the hell girl? <laughs> you know, when it comes okay, to I hear this. when I drop Uh-oh. the numbers, but I always like to remind people that, you know, you might be able to buy like a 3000 square foot house for whatever, 400, $500,000, but that's what you yeah. want. You know, like me and Bree wanted a home that we would be able to move and have the convenience of just like living in different places. So we didn't mind, you know, spending, I mean, obviously we didn't want to spend this money, <laughs> but you know, like we didn't mind the numbers because honestly it was like the best deal that we could find. So in total, the actual house cost $90,000, but by the time we have to pay back the loan, so we're including that, it's going to be $100,000. So between both of us, that's the cost of the actual house, but that's not including, you know, the monthly rent that we have to pay to essentially our landlords. That's not including, you know, the move. That's not including any of the hookups or anything like that. And so, you know, when it comes to looking at tiny houses, we saw companies that were charging $90,000 for twenty. 20 foot long ones. And we have a 30 foot long house that was a hundred thousand dollars. So in our eyes, I feel like we got a good deal and we're happy with the price, but you know, the other cost for us to move the house, I think in total, the move came out to over $3,000 and that was from California to Oregon, which are basically Mm -hmm. like right on top of each other, you know? And so that was a pretty you know, penny for us to do that. And then, you know, I mentioned before that during the move, you know, things happen, like our ties blew out. So that was another cost that we had to pay. Our refrigerator fell. So that was a, I mean, we haven't fixed the refrigerator yet, but that's something that we will have to fix. And then the hookup. So we, I think paid 1200 for somebody to come and hook up the sewage, hook up the electricity, hook up the water and level the house. Because when you live in a tiny house on wheels, you don't necessarily want to be living on the wheels you want to like raise it right, up a little right, bit right. you know because you don't want to be changing the tires like every couple like every two years or anything so we wanted to like raise our house a little bit off of that and so yeah like between the house and the moving and the hookup that's that's what we paid and yeah i think you know in the beginning me and brie will be able to pay off the house with our budget in five years so i'm really happy nice. about that because a lot of the companies that we tried to go through they had financing but it was like for 14 15 years and me and brie were like yeah <laughs> we don't want to be hit paying off this little ass house for 15 years you know <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know we went with this route so that's you know what the total was for for the house and i know a lot of people are like i cannot believe that you are spending a hundred thousand dollars on that little ass house but i'm like you know what I can move to Florida next year. I can move to Texas the year after. Like, you know, how many people can say that they can do that? You know, so it, we really are paying for like the the luxury of being able to travel and have a, a kind of, you know, large, tiny house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, whatever works for you is what's important. And I honestly thought it was a be about that cost too. So I didn't think it would be less than a hundred thousand. Okay, good. And <laughs> this is something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what everyone else is think, but this is something I think that you'll have though. So mm-hmm. it's not like I mean, most people, like you said, four or five hundred thousand dollars for their house, and this is something. This is a house that you can always have, right? 
Am I saying that yeah, right? Yeah, is yeah, that yeah. is this you plan to be able to have it for? Okay, yeah. yeah. I don't know how how that works, but I figure you would be able to have it at least for twenty years. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that it would cost that. So I need to know too because because rent and mortgages are such a huge part of most of our budgets. Mm-hmm. Once you don't have that anymore in the next five years, which is incredible that you guys have that plan. I love that. What do you see yourself being able to do freely that you feel like you may not be able to do right this second? Like, what are your plans later on? Yeah. So I think the biggest plan for us in the tiny house, we would love to actually buy like a larger home that has space for the tiny home, like in the backyard or like the side lot or something and either, you know, keep that for our future children or family members or like rent it out on Airbnb. So that can also, it, you know, we're investing in it now, but it can also be a source of income in the future. So that's something that we yeah. definitely have talked about, you know, like renting out the tiny house. But I think once we're able to pay it off, we really just want to like we've never lived a life without having to pay rent, you know? So right. <laughs> right. we honestly, like when you asked that question, I was like, dang, like, I don't even know. But I, you know, the biggest thing that me and Brie have always wanted to do is just like travel long-term. Like I want to be able to go to another country and spend like three or four months. If I want to spend seven months, that would be awesome. But I, I've, I've never been able to do that because I always have to pay rent back home, you know? So mm-hmm. it'll be amazing to be able to just, you know, travel you know, long-term travel. somewhere and be able to come back and still have somewhere to live and not necessarily have to worry about it while I'm out and, you know, doing whatever we're doing. Yeah. But yeah, that's something that we we would love to, to do in the future and, and definitely, you know, trying to see how we can monitor ties off of the house that that we are now enjoying but in the future it'd be cool to like rent it out or you know turn it into something else speaking of monetizing i you know what i was thinking the whole time we've been talking you should put together an ebook that'll be really good i mean monetize right now oh really good ebook well yeah like because you have so much information that you have i mean we only been on here for what 40 minutes and i'm like wow (laughs) i learned so much so that would be amazing if you put together an ebook for people who are interested in doing it and just putting that out there to the world to sell. So that'll be a good way to make some money now for sure. And then I'll need to know, I got to know, I got to check on my boy, Scotty, because I feel like y'all, y'all just took him to Portland and didn't ask his permission because every time he was, he just, he is hating this rain. He's tired of it. I mean, I don't know why y'all didn't get, get check in with him before. (laughs) So how is Scotty doing in Portland? What's going on with him? You know, that dog is my ride or die. He came with me from New York to Texas to Vegas. Now he's in rainy Oregon. So yeah, I mean, no, he he had no say, but (laughs) but he yes, he does have a raincoat that he puts on pretty much daily because it rains like every day. But yeah, no, he's doing you know, uh, he's always been crate trained. So we've always had him like in the crate where we were, we would go out and while we were in the apartment and stuff. And so when we first moved here, we were like, hey, let's try to like keep him outside of the crate. He can't really go many places and mess too many things up. So, you know, let's see how it goes. And he was doing really good for like three weeks and then he started acting up. So I was like, you know what? <laughs> back in the crate. <laughs> go right back in the crate. So yeah, he's, he's crate trained again. And, you know, we go out and he's been fine in the crate and stuff. I think the biggest adjustment for him was getting used to walking up the stairs because, you know, the stairs do have storage in them. So they're kind of, they're steep, you know, and he's, he's a senior pup. He's like 10 years old now. So just him getting up and down the stairs has been a very, you know, it's funny to watch him. (laughs) You know, we put like the anti-flip tape on the steps for him and put little blankets so he could lay different places. So he's chilling. He likes it, you know. 
he's making it his house. If anything, he has a bed in like every space that we have. So <laughs> I know I'll be cracking up when I see it. Like he has a, he has, definitely has a bed on a step yeah. everywhere. He got upstairs yeah. <laughs> it's everywhere. So I, yeah, I had to check on my man. Cause sometimes when I be seeing him put his raincoat on, he like, here we go again. <laughs> he is so over it. <laughs> yeah. He's not alone because I'm over the rain too. So. <laughs> right. What made you decide to go to Portland? Is it the vegan food? Cause that's probably why I would want to go there. You know what? I mean, it was so, it kind of goes back to like, we couldn't find anything else. It really just kind of fell in our lap because yeah, we didn't want to stay in an RV park. We looked at so many of them and yeah, no, it was not happening. I was like, right. <laughs> I can see why. I can I only imagine what yeah. you saw. <laughs> As a queer couple of color, it was just not a safe space for us. So we were like, yeah, RV parks are out of the question. And then, you know, tiny house communities, we were on a waiting list and it's for two years. So that was kind of out of the question. <laughs> so we still haven't heard back. And yeah, we just kind of found somebody in Portland and we're like, I guess we're going to Portland. If we would have found okay. something anywhere else, we probably would have just gone there too, you know? So it just worked out that Portland is like super vegan friendly. I mean, they have a summer that's a split second long and I'm going to enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so far we like Portland and we don't know where we'll move next, but whoever wants to host us and wherever we can fit our tiny house, we'll be up in there. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. This is such a pleasure, Destiny. You have to tell us where we can follow you. Hopefully you have an ebook too. Yeah. By the time this episode goes live. <laughs> and tell us where we can follow you and anything else you want us to support you in. Okay, so you can follow us at Let's Go Tiny. It's L-E-Z-G-O underscore tiny. It's kind of like a play on words, let's go. But since we're, you know, a lesbian couple, <laughs> Brianna decided to come up with that name. But yeah, we we post on Instagram and TikTok the most. We're hopefully trying to get more into YouTube now that you know I've left my full-time job I'm trying to you know spend more time creating content for YouTube and I mean now I'm inspired to do an ebook so I guess that's on my list too yes (laughs) girl let's go So my personal page is Eat Your Destiny, E-A-T-Y-O-D-E-S-T-I-N-Y. And yeah, I just post like affordable vegan options. And I also host cooking demos, you know, so I do one-on-ones. I can do them for businesses or nonprofits and stuff like that. So definitely feel free to reach out to me there. I also have a website at eatyourdestiny.com if you want to connect. I love doing cooking demos. So that's something that I, I truly enjoy. And doing it in a tiny house is going to be super fun. So definitely join yeah, me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Destiny. This has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for just being so open about your experience. And I know that it'll help other people when they start their journeys as well. Thank you. Yes, this was so much fun. Honestly, thank you for giving me a platform to just like let it all out because there's so many moving parts when it comes to tiny houses that, you know, it's nice to just kind of throw it all out there at one time. Yes, girl, I got you. <laughs> we'll talk soon. Hopefully one of these days in one of the cities you are in, yes. we'll have lunch. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts to make it easy for others to find us. Also, tell a friend. Be sure to share the episode on your Instagram stories and tag Brown Vegan. Thank you so much for your support and I'll talk to you next week. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, 
and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.